Hello, mystery. Hi. <laughs> All right, is that better? <laughs> this is a show I don't know. Think you understand is uh, very unprofessional. Um, oh well, that's okay. I mean, <laughs> it, it makes it more fun. No, that's the point. Yeah, there is no uh, going to be super organized beginnings where everyone, you know, all right, it places everyone. That's not how it goes. <laughs> half the cra- half the time, I uh, to test the beginning of the show, I'll catch, I'll press recording just as my buddy Keith is making funky noises, whether he's yawning or fucking <laughs> around, and then I'll just leave it in the show. All right, for the very few listeners I do have, this is Mystery. She's a singer from Los Angeles. She works with she worked with Dad and uh, with a few different projects, and she's been out there for forever, right? Yeah, it's been a while now. I'm from New York originally. I lived in Florida, and I moved from Hollywood, Florida, to Hollywood, California. Oh, nice! I did not know any of that. So, what, what time? Yeah. When did you move over to Los Angeles? So, let's just say it was a while ago. I don't want to say any dates. We'll <laughs> <laughs> just say it's been a while. Okay. Um. Uh. What? So you you're you're a singer. Do you um? What started you off with uh music? So I always like. It's funny because I found my little um. It's like my preschool um report card or whatever and it said um you know she's musically inclined and uh i thought that was interesting like you know it, even way back then and my mom is a singer so um we would like we would go to church and she would just be singing over everyone most beautiful angelic voice and so you know i like that i took after her that way um my dad's a computer guy and i didn't take after him so much (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i got my uh obviously you know the uh we have a big entertainment when it comes you know entertaining family you know between dad and my mom she's entertaining in the in the sense that when wherever she is, she's the face of the party. She's always the one I talking. Yeah, so that's how uh, all that goes. Um, so also, do your parents play uh, instruments or sing or anything? My, my mom doesn't. No, my mom and my dad separated when I was like a year old or something. Um, I actually met your grandparents, which is Ron's parents. That's what I meant. Yep, Diana and Angie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, yeah. My mom. My mom says her mom used to play guitar and sing a long how time cool ago. How cool is that? Yeah. But, um, and is that how Ron learned? The what? Is that how your dad, Ron, learned? No, no, no. Dad learned by um, my grandmother not letting him play. <laughs> he was I ele- love that. He was 11 years old. and uh, Give or take. Obviously, dad knows the dates a little more. But I think it's give or take 11 years old. He wanted to play guitar really bad. And I'm pretty sure Mammy, my grandmother, wouldn't let him play guitar. Um, so she would hide it, which fueled his fire for wanting to play guitar more. You know what I mean? And yes. look at him. You know what I mean? He's one of the best guitar players I've played with. 
100%. I mean, Ron is so incredibly talented. And I mean, not only does he play guitar, he plays keyboards, he plays drums, uh, he plays bass, he sings amazing voice and amazing songwriter, amazing producer. It's just like, he, I would literally, my mouth would be hanging open because we would write a song and then be like he'd be like okay let's record it boom he would do the drums boom he would do the bass boom he would do the guitar and i would just like be like i can't believe this guy he's running around doing all these uh you know instruments then um i would put my vocals down and then he would sing backups and then he would um you know mix it and then he would hand it to me at the end of the night and i'd be like this is unbelievable oh yeah, yeah. is so talented he used to do it at home man this guy has hundreds and hundreds of songs like before he went to la and everything obviously he's had a thousand fucking songs he's wrote at home but he would do it in like a day it was like he would go to his yeah. little home studio and be like huh i want to write a song today and then he'd come back at the end of the day with a full completely mastered song that's you know amazing you know, yeah, like we would um, be in the studio and, and we, you know, at his studio and, and he'd be like, he would just start jamming, like he would just start riffing on guitar and I'd be like, ooh, I like that. Can you do that four times? Because that sounds like a verse to me. And he goes, oh, okay, I thought that was the chorus. And he goes, but okay. So he would do it four times and I'd show him my idea and then um, we would figure out, he would figure out, okay, what, what, what does this lead into? And then he'd give me like a pre-chorus and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then we would figure out a chorus. And I mean, the guy's a genius, musical genius. Yeah, he's, he's playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. A hundred percent. And I, I was just so grateful to him and so thankful to meet him and it's really funny how we met too i was working at uh the rainbow and um lovely place yeah and you know all the rock stars would go there and everything so um the girl at the front would be the dj so i would always go up to her and i'd be like oh who's that you know oh what's that you know so one day i went up to her and i'm like oh who's that and um she pointed to ron and his uh his friend was saying to me you got to work with him you got to work with him you two have to work together she kept saying that to us so when i went up to the dj and said who's that and she pointed to ron i looked at him and i said i want to work with you and the rest is history yeah it's it's true it's the uh he's done that he just has that impression, you know, you know, when you, you see him, you know what I mean? He's the, he's a very people person. Yeah. I mean, he, everyone, he draws attention to himself unintentionally, you know, in a lot of different ways. And he's just so incredibly talented. Oh, he is. I've said this many, many times and I've said it a lot recently too. If I had to pick one musician to listen to for the rest of my life, it would be dad's music by far. I you love know, that. His, his genre is so wide from yeah from speed metal stuff he did when he was younger to the softest acoustic song to just anything he has it all and if you you've heard a lot of his music if you listen to every single one of his songs have you ever heard any of his music that has a negative verse or a negative chorus all Never. of it is a hundred percent positive look at the random damage first album the song fearless pressing on give it step up 
all the words are awakened. They're just positive words to try to give people a little, you know, upbeat and of positivity. It's it's every song, even songs before and after Random Damage, they're all like that. He doesn't have any depressing songs that I know of. Yeah. You know, you you don't see that all the time, especially with even when he was in his 20s. He had mirrors. He was in that Christian rock band, but still he's they're all just 100% positive, you know, you know, hope for the best type songs. It's good yes. stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. So you guys recorded out there. Um, what? So you guys got together. You guys, what made him play in the band with you? Well, like I said, as soon as I heard his music, and you know, you have to realize that his friend, she was relentless. She was like, listen to me. You two have to work together, period, end of story. And I was working, so I was like, okay, you know, I'll talk about this later. And every time I saw her, she was like, I'm telling you right now. And then when I heard his music, I was like, okay, she's right. We, I need to work with you. Yeah, his rock so style I just down your... literally went to his studio and just started writing. I mean, it was just so he's so easy to write with because he's got so many great ideas and you know, he would just, like I said, he'd start, you know, just picking at the guitar, always electric, mind you, because I, I love electric guitar. <laughs> and so he would, you know, he would start and then I would just, you know, right away, I, I would just come up with melodies, you know, and then uh, they would come to me right away. And then I usually I would go home and and uh, write words to fit into the melodies and then the next day i would go back and and we would usually record <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah he uh he knew what he was doing and he did did it very very well yes yeah he um i he did the same thing with rich rich um you remember rich right with wild nash yeah that's another guy i gotta i gotta try to come out have him on here but like i guess i don't know the whole story i'll have to ask rich 100 percent. but i i I'm pretty sure you remember his girlfriend Wendy near the end of his. Yes, LA. I do. Yeah, she, um, who by the way, rest in peace. She passed away recently. Oh um, my God, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was just a it was a little mini car accident type situation. Oh no, I'm so sorry <laughs> no, to hear you know, that. She was sweet. Yeah, you she, know? she was a nice she was a nice lady. Um, yeah. But she, I think it was her who you remember he had that studio in that big warehouse type building. Yeah, that's yeah. where I used to go. Yeah, he. I'm pretty sure Rich was walking in the lobby asking for a certain uh, studio for some different other producer. And uh-huh. Wendy was there talking, saying, hey, but you should come see this guy and brought him up to dad. I don't know if that was 100%, but that's the story I've always told or I've uh-huh. always been told. Um, right. So I'm like, that's he just he gets people to come to him and throughout. I don't even know how to explain it. Like just. People come to him, and it's meant to be. You know what I mean? Because the mystery songs that he recorded with you were awesome. Wild Nash music that he recorded with Rich, awesome. And he always ends up playing in the band. <laughs> oh yeah, well, because it's like having a genius there. You know, it's like he's like a, a, a modern day prince. You know what I mean? Like he could play it all. He could sing it. He could write it. He could produce it. Mm-hmm. And he could collaborate. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's he's a uh, when it comes to music, he's he's the man. 
You know, he, he's yeah. never, he's never doubted himself with anything. You, you know, you could challenge him. He'd make sure he would make sure he did it. Yep. Yeah. And then he met, uh, Dave, Dave, uh, Martin, he played drums with you guys in mystery and he played yeah. with you afterwards too. Is he in Spain? Dave Martin? I have no idea. Oh, I lost touch with him. Oh, you, is mystery still, uh, floating around? No, I mean, it like, you know, Ron is irreplaceable. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, uh, after when he moved back, I was just kind of devastated because I was like, I can't believe that he's gone, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, now what? And then I just got busy with life, you know, doing a million other things, working a lot. And, um, then COVID hit, oh, God. And so, you know, nobody was really doing anything musically. I was in uh, quite a few cover bands, though. I ha- I have kept up on that, and I'm going back to that. You know, um, we're going to be rehearsing soon to get back out again. But, um, you know, it's hard to find a really incredible music talent like your dad that it flows i mean when we get together it just flows you know and it's really easy too when the style of music is his style of music you know yeah. I mean? if when you listen to you you take out um if you took out your vocals and just listen to the music part you could picture that being a lot of different dad songs you know what i mean and then he added your the female voice which is different you know what i mean it's totally obviously dad's i've listened to dad's music is dad singing but you know i mean it added that different element and it's it's it was awesome you know i mean i got to hear the dad type of the rock and roll part and then you got to hear a different voice on top which is great yeah and um i remember one time i i went into the studio i'm like run do this on the guitar and i was like and he did it and that was that song we're through so like i came up with that idea because it was in my head and I couldn't let it go and he just played it like exactly like I had you know envisioned it in my mind you know what I mean yeah and but that was good but like people when he's working with you and everything else is you guys both had the same idea in your head you guys are both saying it at the same time kind of situation yeah but yeah there's a there's no and it's rare you know what I mean like it's it's not easy to find you know mm-hmm yeah, a lot of people say that about him, that he's, he's, they always talk, like Chris, one thing Chris said about dad is he, for his voice, he goes, he's worked with a lot of different musicians out there and a lot of um, famous singers too. And he goes, your dad was the only one, or one of the only ones that didn't use auto-tune. He had a natural, really good rock and roll voice. Yeah. You know, back when he was in LA and everything. Yeah. Which is, that's like, that's a huge compliment because Chris Clerks worked with some, a lot of people. Has he? Oh yeah, he he um he you you know who Lemmy is right from Motorhead? Yes. Did you know Lemmy's last song uh, written was written by Chris DeClerc and Lemmy together? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, there's a song called oh, not, um, "We Are the Ones." I uh, it's a, it's it was Chris's song, right? And he always wanted to work with Lemmy, um, mm-hmm. and so he wrote the words and he wrote all the music parts. And then somehow, I don't remember how, you'll have to listen to the, sh- the podcast because he, or the episode because he describes it so much better than I do. 
But okay. um, yeah, he got to work with him, and he's he was in the Foo Fighters studio with it, and he's worked with them. He just started listing off different things he's worked with and everything else, and he said Dad was one of the best singers he's ever worked with. Yeah, and is Chris is another incredible talent. I mean, especially like as a, a lead player. Oh, yeah. Um, he played on uh, one of our songs. Your, your dad and I wrote a song called Falling in Love, and he played the lead on it, and it was just yeah, beautiful. I remember that song. It was like perfect, you know? Oh, he was. He's by far one of the best guitar players I've ever known and played with. You know what Me I mean? Too. His leads and everything else were just. Like, Dad's really, really, really good, but Dad has his style and just overall smooth lead solos. Chris was an amazing guitar player. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. And that's one thing, too, about him is he... Did you know he was 19 when he played in Random Damage with us? I did know that. And he was insane, amazing guitar player. He started playing guitar when he was 17. What? He was, like, maybe 16, but I'm pretty sure he was 17 years old, and he, played, he was practicing for, like, a year, year and a half, and he said he wanted to come over here because he's from Switzerland. And he yes, came over I here know. when he was, like, 18, and then he played in Random Damage, like, freaking, he he was better than freaking Eddie Van Halen. I know. I, I That blows my mind because usually when a player is like that, they've been playing since they were a little kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. I almost shit myself because he... He was he's been playing for two or three years and he's doing the freaking solo to uh what were we playing? You really got me now? And he's uh-huh. he's just making the solos and everything look just so easy. You know, I have a little story. So um they were the, random damage had a show at the Roxy and it, it was Chris also playing with random damage. It and, was me, you and Chris. Uh, Ron, your dad came up to me and he goes would you like to do backups for random damage? And I said, I would love to. So um, we did the show, and I remember that actress was there. Oh, wait a minute. No, she was a model. She was like back in the day, one of those supermodels. I played at that show with you guys. I was at that show. I played in it. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, I was 17. <laughs> yeah, I played there. We took the photos right before that Roxy show up in the hills. Yes. Yeah, I still have those photos right. floating around. You do? Will you send them to me? Yeah, if I can find them, I'll, I'll definitely I'll send them over. Thank you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But you remember that uh, model was there? Uh, Janice Dickinson. No, I don't remember the models. I was 17. They kicked me out right after we played the show. Oh, yeah, no, she was there. She was watching us. She yeah. liked it. Yeah. Yeah, we went over to the Rainbow right afterwards, and then uh-huh. uh, we hung out there. And then the next day we did, we headlined the Troubadour, which you can't tell me that wasn't awesome. Wait a minute. I don't think I was there that night. Yeah, I you... probably had to work. No, you were there. I have photos of it. You were on stage at the Troubadour with us. What? Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. This is bringing me back now. I'm going to see if I can pull them up right now so I can make sure. Please, please, I want those pictures. I need pictures of, uh, you know, live shots because I don't have that many, you know. Yeah, 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 because you were, it was, if you're looking at the stage from the fans, I was on the left, Dad was on the center, um, Dave was behind Dad, obviously, and to the right was, the far right was Chris, and then you were between Dave and Chris. Got it. Um, I wouldn't even know where to start right this second. 
But either well, way, no, find yeah. it later. Send yeah. it to me later. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, there are a bunch of good fun photos. Very cool. Wow, this is bringing us back. These are some great memories. Oh yeah, that's why. That's why when he said you were, you should come on, I'm like, holy crap, yes. Because you were like, when I was out there, I was, when I was living out there, I was 16, and that's when he was recording with you for all like your beginning stuff. That's right. Yeah. So that was a. Uh... Yeah, so that's when I think of LA, I always think of like you were a big part of me. I was 16 years old. I'm just a little kid. Um, I was. You were a big part of that too because you were around all the time, you know, with dad with the studio. And um, also, like, he had who was it? Whenever I think about out there, I think of um, Chris, Dave, you, Denise, and who was that other? He was in the band Rainshine. Yes. Uh, Harrington, Herring, uh, Chris, uh, he was the bass player. I can never remember his name. Long hair, uh, goatee. Damn, I can't remember his goddamn name because he would be one to uh, I would like to have on the show. But either way, well, Denise a... was the one, by the way, that kept saying you two need to work together. That That's, was Denise. Yeah, that was I was I was gonna say that when you were saying I'm like I wonder if it was Denise. Um, yeah. She's actually been talking to me last week. She wants to come in and talk in on the show. You know, awesome. have, have a few stories about. Where Dad. is she now? She, uh, I think she's in North Dakota. Oh, okay. She, I think that's where she was originally from, um, mm-hmm. and she's been down. She's been there for a whole handful of years now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's a she's a character and a half too. <laughs> yeah, she's so cool. Yeah, no, they it was fun. LA was fun. One thing with about Los Angeles and being out there with all you guys is I wish I was older, where I could actually have fun, and I could remember things better. You know what I mean? I wish I could do everything I could do out there now. You know what I mean? Yeah. At my age and everything else. Not just so much my age, but like I know more. You know what I mean? Back then, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have anything. I would just, dad would literally leave me on Sunset Boulevard, go to the clubs, and I waited. <laughs> like I would just walk up and down the road and just see the different places. And then, um, yeah, but like I didn't think about any. Like that's, I couldn't take advantage of all the stuff I could have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. But it was well, fun. they let you in the rainbow, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got in the rainbow. I could go there. Um, and then the key club, it's called something else now, right? Yeah. Yeah, Brett. Uh, Brett, sorry. Um, Luke. Remember Luke? Yes, I do. Yeah. Bass player. No, guitar player. Oh, Luke. Okay. Luke but he's the big, tall guy, right? Yep. Big beard, tall, black yes. hair, long black hair. Yes, yes, yes. I know Luke. Yeah. He was the uh, he was a bouncer at the key club, so I could go there and he would just let me in every once in a while just oh, to go listen to the band. That's right. That's right. I remember now. Yeah. He had a buddy there named Bud. There's a bouncer there. I don't know his real name, but his name was Bud. That's what people called him. Uh, he's a big dude. Um, I don't know if you know any of these guys i don't know i don't think i knew bud but i definitely knew luke yeah do you have any other crazy la stories like you know between the rainbow and everything else because rainbow you must have seen some some crazy people there you know i gotta tell you i met so many people there it was ridiculous like i i I don't even know where to start like for instance one night um like i literally i met like Led Zeppelin. I mean, it's just just nuts. Like the people that would come in there. In fact, um, one night, um, I w- it was it was the singer, so Robert Plant. So um, somebody, which was B 
Be Real. Do you know who Be Real is? Uh, I can't say He's right now. He's a rapper, dude. He's in that band. Um, They did Insane in the Membrane. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Was he in um Insane Clown Posse? No, it's the other band. No, it, no it's... uh. They're called, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of it right now. He'd be pissed. Like, what do you mean? You don't remember my band's name? But I'll think of it later. So anyway, um, I went up to him and this whole group. They used to come in all the time. And I was like, I was like, okay, one of the biggest rock stars in the world is here right now. And I go, guess who it is? And so um, somebody goes, Jimmy Page, and I go, close. And then someone goes, Robert Plant, and I go, yep. And so that's when Be Real said to him, to me, um, buy him a drink and ask him if he wants to come out here and smoke some weed with us. I go, all right. <laughs> so I went up to him, and I was like, excuse me. I was like, um, you know, uh, they would like to offer you a drink and, and offer you to come outside and um, – you know, smoke some weed if you like. And he was like, uh, well, thank you so much. And he goes, uh, why don't you have the drink? And he said, and uh, he goes, I, I quit smoking. I quit everything. And he goes, I, I wrote a song about it. I went to the beach and I wrote a song about it. And there was, a, oh, my friend was also there too. She was a cocktail waitress there too. And she said, um, uh, she goes, well, what was the song called? And I said, the ocean. And he looked at me and he goes, you're right. It was because awesome. <laughs> I just figured it out when he said he went to the beach, you know, yeah. and then I went back and I told the guys what happened. But yeah, I mean, everyone used to come in there. Actors, everybody, yeah. mainly rock stars, though. Yeah, I know. Lemmy had his seat at the end of the bar. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, Luke, Luke's favorite guitar player ever was Zach Wild, and mm-hmm. he, um, well, what you call it? Uh, he, uh, who was it? Ozzy had a birthday. It was at the Rainbow, and it was just after that ended. I guess Luke and Dad showed up at the Rainbow, and Zach Wild was plastered at the bar, and, <laughs> and Luke was only like 24, 25 years old, maybe twenty four. So he's still young too, you know what I mean? So he's all excited because yeah. he is seeing his idol. And so he has photos <laughs> of Luke all like big smiles. I think dad took the pictures. Big, big smiles. And then uh, Zach Wilde's just drooped over his shoulder. Like <laughs> it looks like he's passed out. And then there's another photo of Luke all smiles with a beer getting shoved in his face by Zach Wilde. <laughs> he's like pouring a beer <laughs> on his face. Oh, it was, they're good photos. Now, who have I, I've, when I was there, I've seen... Um, Steve-O from Jackass, he oh, was yeah. there. He was there with a bunch of girls. I got to sit. I was 16 years old thinking, I just watched you on TV yesterday. You know what I mean? And he's sitting across from me at a table, which was crazy for me. That's like, that's nuts. But I know the rainbow is big. Um, that was a fun, fun place. I think when I we, was- when we played the Roxy, we, dad had his camper and it was actually parked on Sunset Boulevard across the street. And my brother Tyler was sleeping. I think Tyler and Jesse were both sleeping in the camper while me and you and uh, dad are playing at the Roxy. Uh, crazy times, but such great times. You know, you're bringing back all these cool memories, you know? Oh yeah. That's, it was back when life was easier, right? Yeah, it was uh, pre-COVID, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just nuts, as you know. 
Now is is Los Angeles? Um, a lot of people say like Sunset and Hollywood in general is like dead now compared to before because of COVID and everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's I mean things are starting to come back now that they, um, you know, lifted the lockdown. I mean it was bad. You know I I couldn't bartend anymore, obviously, and so. I just got like a real job, a regular job, you know, at a medical place because, you know, I, I, everything closed down. And so a little by little things are coming back, you know, concerts and, and nightclubs and raves. So that's cool. You know, it's coming back. Yeah, I know a lot of the... I've been trying to do stand-up comedy recently and I know there's a bunch of comedy clubs out there that got shut down. I think the comedy... Was it... uh the comedy uh, comedy store is that what it's called? Yeah, uh-huh. I think they just opened up or something like that, but they were closed down for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Everything uh, was closed down. It was a a mandate. Well, they were saying like it was closed, closed, like it was shut down. It was supposed to be a big deal, and then it um they managed to get it back open. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm starting. I've I've still been searching. I found one photo of us. Oh, uh, good. I yeah, found one please of them. send it to me. It's your, you can barely, you're just like right behind DeClerc, but you're in it. I just need to figure out which one it was, but so I, I have him all. still time. here? Chris? Yeah. Yeah. He's in Los Angeles. Yep. He's still out I'm there. I'm going to, I'm going to get, try to get a hold of him because, or if you have his number, because I don't know if I, if it's the same number that I have from years ago, you know? I think I found him on Instagram or Facebook messenger, I think. Um, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try to get to him that way. He was I on mean, the show. I would love to play with him again too, you know. Oh yeah, he's he's so freaking talented. It's disgusting. <laughs> I know, but it you know what would be my like dream? It's like to get your dad out here. So maybe you can talk to him and tell him look. <laughs> You need to go back, and you too. Why don't you all come here? You know. Well, my I one of my bucket lists is to be able to play in Los Angeles again. Um, one more time with random damage would be nice. You know what I mean? It doesn't even matter. I just want to play in Los Angeles. I could be freaking playing for mystery for all I care. You know what I mean? Nice. I just want to play in Los Angeles, but, um, I want to just do one more show in Los Angeles now that I'm older and you know what I mean? I can appreciate it better than, Oh, I'm in the club. I'm playing the show and now I'm getting booted because I'm underage. We'll talk to your dad and see about coming out here. We've been, I've talked to him about it with doing random damage to show out there. And the drummer we have up here now would be all for it and stuff like that. But dad was just kind of like, eh, he's kind of, you know, on, on his own little adventure. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I would, I would love to trust me. That's one of my bucket list things to do is play in Los Angeles one more time. Mm-hmm. Or do a crappy set at the comedy store <laughs> or laugh factory. <laughs> or both. Or both. Yeah. Why not both? both? Yeah. You know? Yeah, just uh, kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, uh, they have other uh, amateur comedy uh, nights at different places, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have a whole bunch of different open mics. But it's just like music out in Los Angeles is you're just playing in front of the people who are, like, borderline your competition. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, you're playing in front of all your, your peers. With, they're also trying to do the same thing you are. Yeah, it's such a tough industry, the entertainment industry. And I got to tell you, like, connections are like 99% of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I I don't want to get into the other side of it. But I let's just say that there are some dark forces that are in charge of the entertainment industry, the entire 
entertainment industry. No, that's the kind of crap that people want to hear. <laughs> you're like, well, let's not I don't get into get this. Get myself in trouble. I mean, oh, you're... I already. Um, you can't get yourself in trouble. Accounts. On this I lost my old account. If you didn't notice on Instagram for talking too much, I basically told uh, Bill Gates that. Um, <laughs> No one escapes their karma. And I mean, I'm lucky he didn't, you know, do anything worse than just close down my account. You know what I mean? So I have to be very careful what I say. Well, you're on a podcast from a guy in Naples and Maine. Uh, I don't think you're, uh, you don't have to worry about too many of my friends going, screw this lady. (laughs) It's like, here, Bill Gates, listen, it's that chick mystery talking shit about you again. Oh, again? Again? (laughs) no but i'm very careful now what what i post like pretty much now i just post light worker stuff and and some music stuff because i don't want to get in any more trouble i i lost a what what upsets me is that i lost a bunch of like my friend followers you know what i mean and it's Mm. like they they're busy you know they're not oh well what's your new account like they're they're too busy they don't have time and like and now I, you know, I missed out on a lot of people. It took me a while to get all those followers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's I totally understand that. I'm doing my best to get any followers. <laughs> <laughs> um, true one. Um, yeah, the either way, it's people want to hear some of the crazy stuff, and I don't think you'd have to worry about it too much. But I've heard a lot about that. The music industry is just a with a bunch of you know big wig devils that are controlling everything like the whole 100 percent. and i'll i'll give you an example of of a little example what i went through so i did a showcase for sony music and they liked me so um the the guy that had put it together he said you know he told me you know they like you but uh they want you to work with their producers so uh he said essentially um you would have to pay they're you know now these are grammy winning producers right Mm -hmm. but you know they work for the label you know so he's like you would have to pay their producers twenty thousand dollars per song for for the songs yeah that's disgusting you know what i mean so okay so i have to pay uh twenty thousand times let's say you know 10 songs i have to pay what two hundred thousand dollars it's like no you know what i mean i'd rather work with ron again and you know not have to pay it's what he won't charge me that <laughs> yeah i know especially if he's involved in the project you know what i mean he's going to be trying to you know get it big just as much as you are without he's not trying to rape you money-wise no of course not but the point is you know a a lot of it is money and here's another example like you're into comedy check this out a lot of these uh comedians that have like a sitcom or something they are the executive producers which means it's their money so essentially uh they're buying their way into the industry just like movies too it's like um these actors are like putting themselves in the movies that they are putting the money up for they're the executive producers and they have a lot of them too where um i've heard like movie comedians and say like some of them that are they'll be doing their comedy 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 and then someone will offer them a project 
for like a sitcom or anything else. But even that under contract, like is controlling if they're, you know, just even just an actor. But no, again, if you have the money and this is the same for the music industry. I mean, if I, if I wanted to spend, you know, the 200 grand, I would have a deal right now. And, you know, you never know how far you can get with that deal. I mean, it depends how hard they push you know your songs you know and when it comes to the music business like you'll write the song with a different company and then you'll go through this record label and then they own you they own the song you know what i mean it's like it's not even yours anymore you know they own the freaking what do they get like 90 something percent of the yeah they own the rights yeah it's so crazy it's like if you go back and and listen to like uh for instance tlc like um there's interviews with them and you you can look it up on youtube and stuff and uh literally these girls had like number one hits that were selling millions and like they the the one girl was saying that uh all she had was like a car out of it like she didn't you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they just they just took they owned everything including them and they had nothing essentially yeah no it's it's disgusting it's like it's almost i don't know much about the story but everyone's talking about like the britney spears stuff like she hasn't oh, yeah. she hasn't controlled her own thing in how long yeah that's her father yeah i know it's her dad but still like even that that's crazy that her father's taking yeah. advantage of her like that yeah. but yeah, and they also say that the reason why it got to that point is because she was abused by let's just say the music industry Mm -hmm. and so it kind of made her lose it and that's how her father was able to get the control in the first place because they said well she has mental issues Mm -hmm. oh yeah exactly so they can put her away and you know just i don't know it's all crazy control her money yes exactly yeah i don't know i don't even Good thing I'm not famous, right? <laughs> I know, right? Maybe it's like, you know, be careful what you wish for because, you know, look at a lot of not just music, you know, look at look at a lot of the entertainment industry and, you know, these people are like, there's all these weird, like, quote unquote, suicides when in fact they're like, you know, that doesn't look like a suicide to me. Like, that looks like a murder, you know? Mm-hmm. But people that, no, it's ruled as a suicide, you know? So yeah, they like, got paid off to call it a suicide. Yeah, like Chris Cornell and all that. Chris Cornell is one of yes. my favorite musicians. And they say Chris Cornell was in the program of like, not program, but like trying to fight the yes. fight the man when it comes to the music industry. And so was like Chester Bennington and everything else. Yes. And all of a sudden, they're well, both... They were best friends and yeah. they were about to, they had apparently allegedly they had a black book full of names and numbers of people who were i don't want to use the wrong words but let's just say they had a black book of bad people Mm -hmm. and they were about to release this and suddenly they both quote unquote suicided themselves which i don't know just it just sounds really weird yeah, yeah, and of course, you know, it's. I wonder if it's going to shut everyone else up. Yeah. Well, it has. A lot of people have shut up, and then some other people were talking, and they they got suddenly suicided too. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Yet again, good thing I'm not famous. <laughs> <laughs> 
Me too. The thing is, but with... yes, you can buy your way in, or you can sacrifice. They say that's another way, but again, we're getting way too in dangerous territory. So <laughs> maybe we should. Uh, talk about something else now no because it'll it'll make this place uh, it'll make my podcast exciting if for some ungodly <laughs> reason someone's like all right the cheesy chicken podcast in maine they're we gotta watch out for those guys they're on to <laughs> us <laughs> i'd win i don't even care if they shut my podcast down but if i know there's big wigs out there that wanted to shut me down because i'm a threat to them <laughs> it's a hundred percent worth it it's like, is that mystery again? She never shuts her mouth about this stuff. Yeah, that's good. Well, well yeah, the other thing is uh, that's allegedly connected to all of that is the New World Order. So it's all connected. So it's um, not only the entertainment industry, it's also government, it's also monarchies, it's also banks it's big pharma and um they the church and it's all connected and they're essentially in charge they always have been yeah and they're trying to get even more control which is the reason why this whole covid and the mandated vaccines and all of this it's just all one big umbrella yeah yeah it's i don't even know where i i I purposely don't follow a lot of news crap when it comes to all of this because i don't know what to where to even start you know what i mean i don't have a a, any fight in the game here because i just don't follow any of it so it's Uh hard it's hard for me to um like i have family that's all like one side that is this and then the other side of my family is this and i'm just right in the middle of like all right all right, uh-huh. people. <laughs> I mean, calm down. Don't yell at me. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I didn't I mean, start I'll this I'll send you some thing. links, very interesting links. I have a map that essentially, um, it, or if I guess you would call it a tree, that uh, links everything from, you know, like a thousand years ago, Knights Templar and Jesuits, and and then it just keeps going until today mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll send you that it's mind-blowing do it yeah just send it send anything you need to be sending um do you have any other uh crazy los angeles stories because you've been out there long enough where i feel like you have a lot more to say than people are uh thinking i mean well another thing is that um i bartended like all these like big events like the oscars and the grammys and no shit like Oh my, I mean, I could tell you stories. Okay, here's one. That, uh, I don't really like to tell these stories, but okay, here it goes. So um, we were bartending at this, uh, it's a pre-Grammy party. So I was serving the, the girl and then my boyfriend was bartending with me and he was serving the guy so they kept coming up to us and we kept serving them right Mm -hmm. so then the next day we see this like uh rihanna and chris brown news breaking story that he you know attacked her or something so we're looking at the news we're watching the news and we're like 
oh my god that looks like the couple we were serving last night and it's like we were like oh my god is it our fault that that happened like oh did we over serve that or something like that and it, we were just like oh, yeah and it's like and then you know he was saying no you know you can't blame yourself for what somebody else did when they when they were you know drunk it's like, not like we served them until they were falling down drunk because you know uh, we could use our lose our our license you know and i i won't do that i've cut people off all the time yeah i mean and i'll flat out tell someone no you're not drinking anymore and i, I always blame it on the manager the manager cut you off so that they can't you know oh yeah my boss argue. does the same thing for different things like all right if they have an argument just say i said it exactly yeah. and um oh and the, and the manager will back you up 100 percent because they don't want anyone to get that drunk or the other trick i do is like i'll give them like a coke with like I mean, when I tell you a teeny little, tiny little bit of Jack Daniels on top, like just enough so they'll sip it and they, they think, and they're drunk, they don't know. And I've done that too. Oh, you know? yeah, you scammed them. <laughs> Is it true that when you're bartending? Those are for the guys that are like, you know, they, they've been tipping me all night and then, you know, I don't want to piss them off. And this way, I'm giving them Cokes, and then and I go, oh, this one's on me. And it's really just a Coke, but it's also helping them <laughs> to, you know, sober up a little bit, too, you know. That's a $5 Coca-Cola right there. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's on me. I'll give it to them. Here you go. This is on me. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah, 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 thanks. And now, is it true when you're bartending, they usually put the alcohol in first so that when you put the straw in, you're tasting the alcohol? First, you know, you there's take... different ways to do it, and you, you really have to know who you're serving it to. So, like, what I do, like, if it's a man, I don't give him a straw. Like, I'll give him a Jack and Coke, and the and the Jack will be mostly on top. So when he goes ah. to, to sip it, you know, he's tasting mostly Jack. Ah, you so... know, if it's a girl, I'm going to mix it. You know, I'm not going to make it as strong, and I'm also going to... um mix it together so she's not you know gagging on <laughs> yeah huh that's crazy i didn't even think about that the straw or no straw deal yeah i just heard people say like yeah you put the alcohol in first and then you put the other stuff so then when you put the straw and you're drinking it you feel like oh my god this is strong but it's just yeah on the bottom. that's another way to do it yeah yeah that's crazy yeah um oh so you you also did uh the party and was it animal Party animals? Oh, party animals. Yeah, that was our cover band with Ron. Yeah, Luke played bass in that. That's right. Yeah, I remember him because I was there in the studio a couple times when you guys were practicing. Uh huh. Yeah, and with Dave. Were you there at that time where somebody, somebody dropped my mic while I was in the bathroom and I came back and nobody copped to it? It was no big deal because it wasn't one of my, um, you know, really good mics. It was just you know one of the you know average ones but it did happen See, were you there that day uh, i don't think i was because i can't remember and no that's not me trying to cover up that uh, it wasn't me because <laughs> i honestly <laughs> don't remember i honestly don't remember yeah and dave was i'm probably never going to be able to talk to dave on here because i don't even know where the hell he is uh, uh dad says he thinks he's back in spain 
But um, I would think so too. After COVID, I noticed that a lot of people went home. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. As soon as it hit, like everybody went home because you know where are you going to work? You know. Uh, so every a lot of people went home, and when I say home, I mean to their parents to go live at home. Oh really? Like oh, they, yeah, they, they there was no work. Yeah. Except for the people that got on unemployment, which must have been nice because here I was working the whole time and people were on unemployment going to the beach every day. Yeah. It's kind of like that up here. It's hard because they're raising the, they're raising, you know, they're raising minimum wage, but like people still don't want to go to work. And I don't know. It's every place is hiring up here, but nobody wants to work. Yeah. I know. I don't get that. It's like, you know, I'm from New York originally and there's something about work ethic when you grow up in new york you have work ethic and um it's true with family too you have you know family ethics you have your word is gold you know you you know what i mean just everything like you you know you have integrity when you grow up there you don't you know Mm -hmm. and if you don't you will get fired and nobody else will want to hire you. So you don't want to be that guy. And I, I noticed when I moved from New York that I was like, people were like, um, Hey, if if you ever need a job, you know, come see me. Like people from other clubs would come up to me and say, if you ever need a job, I will hire you because they see those ethics. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to find good help these days. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you played in, did you play in any other bands besides mystery and uh, a couple cover bands? Did you have any other original projects? Yeah. So, um, from, from my start, so how I started, like, I guess you call professionally singing. So I was at a party with my best friend and, uh, this was in Florida and, uh, the, the guys were playing and they were like, um, okay, so you know, uh, we we have these songs that we don't have this girl singer anymore. And we have these songs, like after they did their set, they were like, we still have some songs, but we don't have a singer. And they're like, so we need, you know, does anybody know, um, like, Pat Benatar? And um, they kept, they like, they're like, look, we can't play unless we find somebody to come up here. So I turned to my friend and I go, what's funny is I know this song. And she's like, Lorraine, I'll sing. And I was like, wait, what? And um, sure enough, I got up and sang and then, and they were like, everyone went nuts. And then they were like, hey, do you know uh, Heart? I'm like, yeah, I know every heart. And so we did a bunch of heart songs and, and like all the songs that they asked me if I knew, I did. And I sang them all. And they were like, when we were done, they were like, you're amazing. Do you want to join the band? And I'm like, sure. So that was like my first band. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I haven't really played. Uh, I played with Dad. Random Damage started kind of back up up here a little bit. But Dad, we oh. played in a cover group. Because um, Dad, that's all he would do up here is just cover shows. He would play every weekend, make killer money just doing him and acoustic guitar. But every once in a while, he would have the... Uh, a full cover band come on and then he got me brett and this other bass player sean by the way one of the most incredible bass players i have probably the best bass player i've ever played with he is so good um he's had a mullet since he was born <laughs> and if you saw the guy he like literally he's he's had a mullet forever um 
but we started random damage and practicing all that. But dad would only really want to play the shows um, in the middle of a cover set. So we'd be playing a three hour cover show and then he would have the bass player come up because I was playing bass in the cover band. But oh, okay. in the random damage, I played rhythm guitar. So he would um, he would just have us do those shows. And some of the best random damage shows like we had up here, there was a little hole in the wall bar that only played original bands up here in Maine because dad was in New Hampshire. So I got them once in a while to come up here and play just a strictly random damage show, which was so much yeah. fun. But dad didn't really want to do too many of those. He just wanted to get he wanted to get paid while he played. You know what I mean? No, I get it. I get yeah. it. I mean, especially, you know, it's income. Yeah. Well, I'm like, oh, I'm like, all right, you just got you just did this, this, this and this show. Let's just do one free random damage show with a bunch of other bands because it was like the atmosphere was fun. You know, everyone else is coming out just to show off their music. And it was fun. It was a good time. Granted, I also got paid for the cover shows, so I can't argue that. But, that's uh, right. Yeah. But yeah, it, that's why I want to do that too. I'm I'm getting this uh this cover band back together again. I'm I'm really stoked. So yeah. Uh, so these guys are from Orange County, and they um they just are have a lot of uh, connections with uh you know places that uh, hire cover bands down there so they were like yeah you 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 know do you want to join back up and i was like yes so we're working on that now yeah um they they need to come around and with dad dad doing his little mini traveling project he's doing right now um i don't see random damage or even our little cover band playing anytime in the near future which kind of sucks but i've had other i should all come here <laughs> I would like to. We always have like one, like two or three weeks where we just come out there, have fun, play a couple shows, and. Oh, know. I was hoping you guys would move here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. I got the. I got a whole house, kid, wife, all that fun stuff. There's oh, no. Mo- do you? I didn't know all that. Oh yeah, I got everything down to the turtle. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, there isn't any moving quite yet. I'm not saying in the future. See, I'm I'm 33 years old. And my son is nine. He just turned nine, and he's the only one I have. So he's probably the only kid I'm gonna have. So me and my wife are like, we're gonna be 42 to 43 years old when Ronnie's 18, going to school, whatever he's doing. So that's pretty young to have no kids in the house. And we're like, damn right, we can do whatever the hell we want. So if we want to go to Los Angeles, we can go to Los Angeles. Because at 43 years old, you're still a kid. You know what I mean? These days. You know what I mean? You're not. It it takes a lot to become an adult these days. <laughs> yeah. We can still go have fun in our forties. Absolutely. You know, there's no age on fun. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Yeah, everyone's like, you gotta grow up eventually. I'm like, no, I don't. My kid's eating and breathing. He's fine. <laughs> I don't need to grow up. If I'm around him and all everything, yes, I'll be an adult. But when I'm on my own, I'm a child. <laughs> I'm gonna play my music. I'm gonna play my video games, and that's how it's gonna be. That's right. Don't ever lose that inner child. Of course not. But um, I'm going to cut you off here. It's been uh, we got we got a good long thing here, and um, you're gonna have to come on again at some point. We I usually try to tell people, all right, it's a a year away. You're gonna come back on. You're gonna tell me the craziest stuff that's happened in the last year. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me and make sure to tell Ron I said hi and I would love for you guys to come out here, you know. And if I get dad on here again, um, or just dad in general, he should he should give you a call. But um, I can have you, you and him, all three of us can be on here, you know, chit chatting about Los Angeles and stuff. 
That'd be great. Yeah, I definitely will. I'm holding you to it. All right, sounds good. And if you happen to find uh, uh, Dave out there or anyone else that'd be interested in coming on, just let me know. Texting me. Oh, someone's texting me. All right. <laughs> Thanks again for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you again for coming on. All right, take care. Bye.